Hello, downtown family. Uh, in recent weeks, we've received quite a few questions on how do we care well for the growing population, the growing downtown homeless population who is joining us at our downtown campus on Sunday mornings. And first, we want to say this is something we celebrate. Socioeconomic diversity is something we've seen in the church from the very beginning. It's at the heart of who Jesus is and what he's called his church to be. So we're really excited about that. And we're also really grateful we have a church that cares so much that they want to do this well and not just do this in a way that relieves guilt, but really does it in such a way that helps folks and spurs on a flourishing community. And so today, just in this quick little video, we're going to offer a broader framework on how we've sought to do that or, and are going to continue to grow in doing that, and even some practical tips on how each of us um, and us together uh, can be doing this well as a church. Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, we would say that human dignity is paramount. When it comes to framing any kind of interaction we have, we've got to remember uh, that the Bible, uh, God gives dignity to all people. We see that from the first pages of scripture. It's something Jesus modeled in his ministry. Mm -hmm. So always extended dignity to anyone he interacted with. Even at that time, we see it to children who people look down on and didn't think, you know, so dignity to children, dignity to the poor, dignity to people even caught in the midst of sin. I think mm -hmm. the woman in adultery, where are your accusers, right? right. Always giving dignity. And so we always want to extend dignity to everyone who walks through our doors. Uh, but that even includes, uh, certainly includes our homeless sisters and brothers. And so how exactly can we do dignity affirming things on a Sunday morning? What would that look like? Well, things that I think really matter um, that we've talked about are a handshake can matter. Yes. Looking someone in the eye can matter. Um, I mean, for many of our homeless sisters and brothers, uh, they're pretty used to being ignored if they've been perhaps on a corner asking for something that week or mm -hmm. whatever the case might be, uh, just ignored, looked over, passed by. And so mm -hmm. eye contact, a handshake, physical touch that's appropriate is great. Um, but even more so conversation uh, mm -hmm. is something that a lot of our sisters and brothers haven't experienced throughout the week. And so uh, a question I use and love to use because it doesn't have a lot of assumptions of what maybe the last week could have been like is, hey, what's on your mind this morning? Mm -hmm. um, again, open-ended could lead to all kinds of great conversation, but also it makes it very in the present, you know, this morning and also, yeah, it can go a lot of places. So what's on your mind this morning? Um, just a great way to get at least a conversation started uh, with a friend that might come in that way. And honestly, with human dignity, being such a big paradigm for us or a big lens mm. from us. I mean, transparently, that's honestly been part of why some of this message is coming through a video. Right. Um, so certainly we've talked on Sunday mornings broadly from time to time about how you know we can engage well in our city and community. But when it came to thinking specifically even in our church, caring for the homeless in our church, uh, we thought, gosh, we... We don't want to do that on a Sunday morning and, again, make people feel marginalized or othered, make them feel really othered in our space. Right. So we thought a video format through, yeah, kind of a digital means could be a way to preserve even some of that dignity. So it really is um, a category, a principle, uh, a reality that matters a whole lot to us, that all people have dignity and worth in God's eyes and should have dignity and worth in our church. And we hope, too, that this can be a training ground. Right? The church is a training ground for the activity, the behaviors, the practices, the postures we have when we're gathered together help train us for Monday on how to engage. So hopefully when you're driving, and even if you don't have anything to give to someone who's homeless, giving them eye contact then, waving and saying hi is a great step That's of true. giving dignity 
Or you can even just put, you know, uh, granola bars in your glove box. That's something that my family does whenever we drive by. It's like if, if, we, if we can at least give a granola bar or a water bottle, some people do whole bags or even book bags, just being equipped to care in really meaningful ways. And that's, I think, an important component for us. We want to do this in meaningful ways. And, yeah. and so we've been informed um, by people who are experts um, in helping not create cycles of dependency, which are very dehumanizing rather than extending human dignity. Someone who's really been informative to us is Steve Corbett and Bryant Fickert and their book, When Helping Hurts. Other books like Toxic Charity, or really there's, there's a broader organization called CCDA, the Christian Community Development Association, that has a whole host of resources in helping churches and Christians be about the work of community development, human dignity, rather than just helping to alleviate sometimes guilt, which is often, unfortunately, a way that we can, we can act. And, and it doesn't breed human dignity. It just breeds pride in, in ourselves. So this is an important book. If you want to check it out, When Helping Hurts, right? That would be a great book to check out. And it helps you understand, too, our infrastructure and kind of systems and philosophy as a church. So with that, on Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, we, we do not provide a space where anybody can come and pressure anybody for money. That doesn't mean that if somebody has financial need that they're not welcome. We just have pathways that we think will really bolster human dignity and help them in ways that they may not even realize in the midst of crisis that they need help. And so one of the ways that we do that is through a benevolence process. Look, we've got all these resources here, right? We have a community benevolence assistance request. And so... I will sit down or Tyler will sit down or anyone else on staff or sometimes some trained volunteers will sit down with somebody who has some significant need and we would love to walk through that. There's some really great questions about are there other people in your household or if you're not in a household, your community, your homeless camp, right? What's your employer? Do you have an employer? When was the last time you were employed? What caused these needs? What's your home church if not this church? You know, have you received assistance in the past? Can we even talk through a budget? Because just because someone's homeless doesn't mean they don't have a budget. We can't assume that because that's not always the case. And walking through that yeah, allows... Don't have an income. I yeah. don't have an income because yeah. they, they often will still have an income in some ways, right? Yeah. And so this allows us to see the full picture. And sometimes we're able to actually help above and beyond what someone's asking to set them on the trajectory of more sustainable living. Sometimes we can ask for a whole host of reasons, whether it be shame, or guilt, or otherwise. Only ask for the minimal, and it doesn't help. It's not enough to get out of that cycle of return dependency. And we want to help people break the cycle so that they can live more into the image of their God, the image of our generous God, so that they can be more sustained in their lifestyle and therefore be generous and know the joy and the human dignity that comes with that. So this is an important pathway for us as a church that we seek to come alongside of individuals in financial need who may not actually be connected to our church. Um, there's another benevolence process. By benevolence, I mean we have some money set aside to care for financial needs that come up. So it could be from somebody in the broader community. We also have a caring family benevolence process that's a little bit different because they're already within our church. Okay. Another thing uh, that's a helpful resource that anybody can pick up, we have these available, is our local assistance, a uh, little paperwork here. On there, we talk a little bit about who we are as a church, how someone can receive assistance, and even some contact numbers there, as well as some hotlines. There are so many resources. I think one of the biggest failures uh, of churches is that they try to do this all on their own. Yeah. 
And we shouldn't. We should be leveraging the really great work that other institutions are doing in our city who are strategically positioned, excellently skilled to help people take that best next step forward in a flourishing life. And so there's great hotlines for, there's a homeless hotline, there's a rape crisis hotline, there's elderly abuse, suicide, Sheffield Place, child abuse and neglect home, there's Rose Brooks, which is a domestic violence hotline, there's veterans affairs, a lot of our homeless brothers and sisters are veterans as well and are now wrestling through um, some other issues alongside of that. There's also United Way Hotline 211. They'll actually come alongside and help pay bills. And so how can we leverage our resources most by just collaborating with really good institutions that are doing great things in our city. On the back, you'll find a whole list of agencies that are right around our downtown campus here in the broader downtown arena that have spaces for overnight shelter. There's places for showers if somebody just wants to get a shower for men exclusively or for women exclusively. There's places that are serving free meals that you could go with somebody and eat a free meal and like sit alongside of them and they get connected to some of the other structures that that institution might have. There's other additional ministries listed here. There's even full employment councils, so some job training and, and, and other resources as well. Please, please use this as, as a tool, as a resource when coming alongside of our sisters and brothers who are in need. Because really, the, the most important asset we can bring to the table isn't our money. It's our time. It's, it's extending human dignity by going with, walking alongside of, and listening to our sisters and brothers who are in need. And helping connect them to institutions and to really good systems that already exist to help them get in the pathway of sustainable living. You know, Paul Massau, who works at Kansas City Rescue Mission, so just a couple blocks from us, came and has spoken at different times in Christ Community's history. And I still remember the phrase that was so helpful for me. He said, listen, listen, we want to love people where they are, walk with them where they are, listen to someone where they are, our brothers and sisters, treat them like brothers and sisters with human dignity. But we do not, do not want to make the homeless vocation sustainable. We want them to be engaged in community, our brothers and sisters, and we want to provide a space where people can flourish no matter where they are. Yeah, and that's why we've said many times that we do want our church to be a safe place for everyone. So certainly that means um, a safe place for our homeless sisters and brothers, but also a safe place for everyone else who gathers. So if we are a safe place for everyone, that means it's also safe for our regular attenders, for kids in our service. Um, And so we also wanted to mention as well that if you would ever see someone come into our space who might be on a particular substance, let's say, or maybe need some extra assistance, you can always Mm -hmm. find Gabe or I, uh, or also any member of our new kind of safety team, Mm -hmm. uh, easily identified by these great earpieces, right? So hopefully you can find someone from the safety team pretty easily. Uh, But our hope would be, again, just because we want it to be safe for for all folks, uh, if someone would come in, particularly thinking through various drug use or other things of high, we just love to connect them Again, with an institution that's better equipped to handle that and kind of our one-room schoolhouse model, uh, we're just not to that place where we can do a lot of first-line kind of active work, boots-on-the-ground stuff there. So if you would see that, please let Gabriel myself know, Mm -hmm. uh, our safety team folks know. 
there's some good training in place for how we can, again, be hospitable and extend dignity, uh, but also think through the safety of everyone else in our church family, too. And I also want to add in there, too, we've got such a thoughtful crew downtown. Uh, I want you to also know that we are aware of both racial bias and socioeconomic bias, where people, we, you know, everybody can easily, so, so easily jump to conclusions because someone quote unquote looks different or doesn't match a particular identity. I want you to know our safety team is having really thoughtful conversations about that, not jumping to conclusions, being aware, are there particular biases going into that? We're trying to be very, very thoughtful in extending human dignity and simultaneously creating a community where there are really healthy boundaries so that everybody can flourish. A community without any boundaries is chaotic. And that will not last for long. And everybody in this community needs to have some healthy, firm boundaries where we can extend compassion, receive compassion, and follow Jesus together. So thank you so much uh, for being so thoughtful, for asking great questions, and for helping us be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and our world for Jesus Christ.